Well, you want to know why Jalen Hurts is in the MVP discussion for the 2022 season? It's games like today. It's performances like today. Down late in the game on the road against the Colts. And Jalen comes through. We're going to talk about it next on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And yes, our Eagles go on the road and uh, get a tougher matchup than probably many would think, although any game on the road is tough to win in the the NFL. And, um, you know, the Eagles had some had to make some changes, obviously, to their offense, not having Dallas Gardner, who's as big part of the offense as we all know. So, you know, there was a little uncertainty as far as how the Eagles offense would be able to operate today without one of their biggest weapons and players. Uh, And I think that played a role in in terms of, um, you know, how this game played out a little bit. Um, I have to say, you know, there was a lot of frustration uh, that I've heard, you know, I mean, there always is if the Eagles are in a tight game. You, you see the, a lot of the posts on, you know, social media, uh, frustrated Eagle fans about, you know, I should have done this and why aren't you doing this and this team, what's going on with this team and all those type of things. You know, I I, uh, I listened to the first part of the game on the radio, um, listening to Merrill and Mike uh, call the game because I was on my way to my nephew's uh, championship game. Uh, today, so I, I couldn't watch the game uh, until I got home. But I was listening to it on the radio, and even Merrill and Mike were very uh, frustrated. You could tell in there, you know, Merrill especially uh, was frustrated on penalties. You know, you rarely hear Merrill, you know, blame the refs or talk about the refs much in the game, and he definitely was in the, the first quarter there. And after watching it, I see what you know, kind of see what uh, what he was referring to. It was a lot of penalties. They seem justified, though. I don't think I have much of an issue with any of the penalties. The, the, the refs, I think, were flag happy there early on. But overall, you know, I don't have any issues with the calls uh, other than just, you know, the Eagles were just making a lot of mental errors uh, early in the game. Um, by the way, um, I will give my nephew a shout-out today. Um, not that this has anything to do with Eagles talk, but um, – my nephew is uh, one heck of a of a player, and, and uh, went to go watch his uh, championship game uh, locally. Uh, I live in Connecticut, and uh, it was a battle of two unbeaten teams: um, Enfield, Connecticut, which is where my nephew plays, uh, against East Hartford, Connecticut. And both teams went to the championship game undefeated in the tournament through the tournament, and uh, squared off today. And as a proud uncle. Um, my nephew scored three of their four touchdowns, all receiving. He plays, uh, essentially like a hybrid wide receiver tight end position. Um, 
offensively, and then on defense, you know, he plays uh, defensive end. But uh, you know, he had three touchdowns and against the unbeaten team previously. So uh, one of them was about eighty-five yards. <laughs> another one was about fifty yards, uh, and then another one was a was about maybe a twelve-yard touchdown pass. But you know, in a big game, uh, he came through. So not that he'll listen to this program. Maybe one day he will. I don't know how long I'll archive this one, this this particular show. But congratulations to the infield Ramblers uh, and my, especially my uh, my nephew Sawyer, who played one heck of a game today. So that's why I missed watching the game live. Um, but as far as uh, as far as as the game, I just I just actually watched it. Uh, so I watched the entire replay. And uh, so now it's time to talk about it. Before I do, thank you all for tuning in and listening. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, if you get a second to like, share, comment. Uh, we have an email address also. We can email the show at petwg at gmail.com. Again, petwg at gmail.com. Email us your thoughts on the season, on the game. Ask any questions, and uh, I'll answer them on the air. All right, let's get into the game. So, uh, on the road, Sirianni returning back to his roots uh, in Indianapolis. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to take on his uh, former mentor in Frank Reich, who uh, was let go a couple weeks ago and replaced by Jeff Saturday uh, in kind of a strange move, I think, for most people within the uh, NFL. Uh, Eagles trailed the majority of this game. In fact, they trailed the game until about a minute and 50 seconds left. Uh, roughly a minute, 20 seconds, something like that. Um, so, you know, but I, you know, I don't have a lot of criticisms, honestly, about this game. I, I thought they played far more sloppy and reckless last week against Washington on Monday night at home. I thought that overall they didn't play all that, you know, it's not like they played spectacularly well today, clearly. Um, a lot of the penalties that uh, I was referring to earlier that Merrill was calling when I was listening to the game on the uh, broadcast while driving to uh, while making my drive to my nephew's game um, definitely sent some frustration in his voice. And after watching, and you know, I can certainly see why a lot of a lot of penalties offensively. The offense, the Eagles just couldn't get going. And I think, uh, and, well, not I think, but uh, my other observation would be that you know the two guys that uh, we're both obviously playing for uh, Goddard um, outside of, of Jack Stoll. Um, but uh, Jackson, as well as, uh, what's his name, Ken Azera, uh, the two backup tight ends, both had key penalties in this game, you know. So, you know, that, those type of things you don't want to say are going to happen because really they still shouldn't. But you're going to have more prone mistakes like that when you got guys who really don't play a lot. Jackson, I think this was his first game where he suited up. Uh, and both of them just had, you know, big time, you know, especially Jackson's. And he negated an 18-yard uh, reception by, uh, by A.J. Brown. You know, that was a huge uh, penalty there. Um, so the not having Goddard impacted this game. For sure, which we knew it would. We just didn't know how it would. And was mostly in the form of penalties against the uh, two of the players that came in there. And uh, just, you know, didn't play uh, all that smart, you know. Uh, definitely was shaking off some rust, for sure. 
Um, Eagles, by the way, uh, did win the game. So, you know, before I get really into the nuts and bolts of it, which I kind of just started to do, uh, they come from behind behind the entire game and end up winning 17-16. to 16. Over the Colts to go to 9-1. Um, let's talk about stopping the run, right? So early on, the Saints, I mean, I'm sorry, the Colts get the ball. Did I say did I say 17 to vic, 17 16 victory over the Saints? I hope I did it. It's the Colts. It's the Colts. Maybe the Saints are on my mind because they won today uh, over the hapless Rams. Who just it's amazing that team won the Super Bowl last year. Um, and the only reason why I point out the Saints is, of course, you know, I've been watching them closely this year because the Eagles, of course, have their first round draft pick next year. So every time they win. You know, that obviously knocks the, uh, what was, a, I think, a top five pick go heading into this week, probably down at, uh, inside the top ten now, uh, or maybe even outside the top ten. I'm not sure. I haven't really looked at it. But anyway, um, so 17-16 to 16 victory over the Colts. Stopping the run, obviously, was a key. One of the things I wasn't able to talk about, uh, and I do apologize. I didn't do a pregame for this uh, program. Just a lot of things going on with work. I really didn't have enough time to uh, to put one together. Um, so my apologies. I, I know that I did say that I would have a pregame for the, uh, for the Colts up, uh, but I did not, uh, did not do so. So I, my apologies to everyone out there who was, uh, awaiting that, uh, that podcast. Um, so getting into the, uh, you know, before, since my last podcast, I should say, uh, the Eagles Definitely did not take their loss against Washington lightly. And even though I said on the post game of the uh, Washington game that the Eagles only gave up an average of 3.1 yards per carry, I told you how painfully it was to watch that game. Because, yes, they didn't give up big, chunky runs, but they couldn't get off the field. And that was a problem, you know, and, and, Guys like Fletcher Cox, who we know are long in a the tooth, they can't be playing 70 plays. They played Fletcher Cox played 70 defensive snaps on Monday night. Uh, you can't have a guy that late in his career now playing that many snaps. And Fletcher's just not the same player either. I mean, I uh, I was very um, down on him last year. I thought that he, you know by the end of the season he was taking plays off. He looked like he was just gassed. And maybe the Eagles have seen some of that too, um, or are concerned about that more or less, because Howie went out and worked some magic, and um, he brought in Joseph from the Chargers. Now both of these guys were just, you know, at home, and uh, especially in the Nadamikin Sue, a guy like that who has been a you know close to a dominant player most of his career and a really good player. I mean, you know, uh, he was a top draft pick when he came out and has had a very good um, NFL career. And even last year, which I didn't even know, but last year as a defensive tackle, even at his advanced age, had six sacks as a defensive tackle. I mean, that's damn good, especially for a guy that's been sitting at home all season. I'm like, why is this guy not playing football? I was surprised he was still out there. So Howie brings in Joseph uh, earlier in the week. Uh, who's basically known as being a rough run stuffer, another guy who's older, older player in his, you know, mid-30s. And, uh, you know, to, to help beef up and provide more depth on the defensive line. Um, 
especially when Jordan Davis, you know, being out, it's been a huge issue for the uh, Eagles stopping the run. And then a day later, he brings in Ndamukong Sue, who's obviously the bigger name, and uh, locks him up for a year. So, and and I, I really like that move because I've always been a fan of of Sue. I always thought he was a really good player, and uh, never thought he'd ever be an Eagle. But the fact that he is now, even though he's later in his career, uh, you know, he's kept himself in really good shape. And uh, you know, he him and Joseph both played well today. Now, the initial drive by the Colts, it looked like it was going to be much the same. I mean, not that there was a lot of third and ones and third and twos being converted, but uh, Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs in the league, um, the Eagles couldn't stop him. He had one long run, and then he ended up scoring a touchdown, and, and they, they couldn't stop him. So right down the field, most of it by the run, and Eagles down quickly 7 to nothing. We're like, oh, man, here it goes again. Here we go again. Now, most of those plays, I have to say, Joseph and Sue were not in, um, but they were. They did kind of start off playing and rotating in quite early in the game. Uh, so they were, but I don't think in that long run either one of them were on that. I think that was against Hargrave and Cox, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but I don't think Joseph and Sue were in on that play. Either way, um, Joseph might have been in there, but it was on his opposite side. Uh, where the hole was. And it was a gigantic hole for a big gain by Jonathan Taylor. And then he obviously ended up punching it in uh, inside the two-yard line. So quickly, the Eagles are down 7 to nothing. Um, And then just having, you know, their first, I think their first, uh, they got a first down on the first play of the game, I believe, uh, was like a 12 or 13-yard play to uh, A.J. Brown. And, you know, then it was... Uh, their second set of downs, and then they got, you know, the drive was stalled immediately. Uh, basically went three and out, but also had a lot of penalties, and that's where some of these penalties came into play um, uh, on the offense. So uh, off to a very slow start. Now this is where I'm like, yes, it was a slow start outside of that, you know, first drive. But then it just seemed to be just kind of an awkward game. Uh, I don't really think the Eagles necessarily played bad offensively, in this game, there were some weird plays um, that Sirianni makes you kind of scratch your head or or um, Steichen, rather, uh, who's calling the plays. You know, some just seem kind of um, odd, you know, like Boston Scott, you know, being cold off the bench and suddenly they give him the ball a bunch of times. Um, I thought Sanders played a pretty good game. I, I thought they should have ran the ball more in the first half than they did. Uh, I don't know why, again, that they don't give Sanders the ball more. Um, they just, he's got Andy Reed-itis sometimes, uh, Sirianni does, and just wants the pass all the time. Um, but, uh, you know, I think if the, if the offense is having trouble getting going, run the ball. You know, you got a guy, and you got a great offensive line. You got a guy in Sanders who averages five yards a carry. Give him, just run the ball more. You know, get the, get the offense in the rhythm. I think that would be the only... Uh, criticism I really have. I'm not going to like lose my mind over the offense in this game. I don't think it was all that bad after watching it. I really don't. Um, they didn't score a lot of points, obviously, only having three going into the fourth quarter. But it wasn't like a – I guess what I'm saying was I didn't think that the offense was like just dropping balls or not executing. It just was just strange. I don't know. Um, you know, second – they'll lead the second half of the 
the game, you know, the Eagles got the ball first and then, um, you know, they had the strip sack on the, on the first play. So they immediately lost that possession right off the bat. Uh, it was just stuff like that. And I don't even think that that was a badly executed play. Um, although they probably should have given Miles Sanders a little help blocking, um, uh, Gonkway, you know, who's killed the Eagles. He's another one of those players in the league that are just an Eagle killer. Um, now, that being said, it was a deep-designed pass. So, I don't know. It's kind of – I thought Sanders did an okay job on that guy. I mean, usually running backs will just get blown out or blown over. He did hold him off for a little bit, but, you know, it was a long-designed pass, and uh, he had to hold him off in another couple of seconds in order for them to execute it. Um, it looks like he was looking to uh, – he was eyeing a deep pass to Watkins down the field uh, on that play. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Iguanu, or Gakwe rather, uh, was able to get past Miles Sanders on the backside block and strip the ball from uh, Hurts as he was just about to unload it downfield. Huge key uh, turnover there in the second half uh, to start the second half. So again, as mediocre as the first half was offensively with the Eagles just weren't able to get things going, um, they immediately turned the ball over in their first possession in the second half on the first play. Trying to hit one deep. I like the play call. You know, I really do. I just think that they should have somebody chip or help uh, Sanders. You know, they can't live, you know, leave Sanders one-on-one against that guy. Unless they, you know, if it was a play where they didn't have a design to go deep, where, you know, <laughs> Hertz is going to need some time to, to allow the wide receivers to get down the field and then obviously throw the ball. Um, I think it would have been a better play, and I think he would have got off in time, but. Uh, I do like them attacking deep on that play to start the, the uh, second half, but you know you got to give can't have Sanders one on one against that guy. So I don't blame Sanders for that. I think he did a pretty good job uh, to hold him off. Just you know, it's just that type of design play. I blame that more on the coaches of having him just going one on one against a a great pass rusher like Gakwe. So anyway, Hertz gets strip sacked on the play. Colts recover, and you know away we go there in the second in the second half. Um, I've put some notes down here uh, that I'm going through. And uh, the, let's see, uh, there's a, there's a fourth and 10 about uh, midway through the third quarter where the Eagles went for it. Now I'm like, I was kicking that decision around as I'm, you know, watching the replay and I'm like, I don't know. Was it a good call by Sirianni or not? I mean, it was, I think it was a 57 yard field goal. Now, Elliot, especially since it's inside, they had the dome closed because of the weather being so cold. I probably would have given Jake a chance there to, uh, to kick that one, you know, uh, hindsight being 2020 and the fact that it was fourth and 10, you know, they probably didn't want to, take a chance in a close game that they were already trailing and really couldn't get offensively anything going offensively. Uh, I could see where Sirianni didn't want to necessarily go, you know, kick the field goal and give him, give him the ball basically right at midfield. Um, but I would give Jake a chance there. I think, I think I would have tried to kick it. I think Jake and, and you know, in fact that it was inside in the, you know, not to worry about the elements or the wind. Uh, I would have given Jake a shot there, so I didn't think I didn't I think I don't kill the call by Sirianni, but going forward on fourth and ten, 
But the fact that it's fourth and ten, I mean, the chances of converting it, especially the way the offense was playing, was probably very low. I would have factored that in there and probably would have had Jake kick the kick the ball. But, you know, whatever. He did not. The Eagles tried to go for it and uh, failed the uh, failed the fourth down uh, conversion. So turned the ball over to the Colts. And um, I'm finally going to start talking about Hurts. So anyway, the Eagles were down at one time 13-3. to And they did um, in the fourth quarter, as early in the fourth quarter, uh, Jalen had a great pass, really great pass to uh, Quez Watkins for a touchdown. It was a great read. This is one of those plays where, again, we talked about the growth of Hertz throughout the course of the year. And uh, this was not, I don't believe, his first read, or at least it didn't look like it on the field. Um, he didn't eyeball Watkins the whole time. He had time to kind of scan the field and then caught Watkins coming over the middle and hit him uh, kind of towards the left uh, pylon in the end zone. Not not close to, you know, he was running towards the left uh, pylon in the end zone in that direction and hit him with a perfectly thrown pass. He had time, so good, good job by the offensive line to give him time for, to make those reads. And uh, very well executed, great catch by Watkins. Um, and uh, they... Uh, you know, they made it uh, a 13-10 to 10 game at that point. Um, the Eagles' defense continued to play pretty well in the second uh, half, especially the run defense and guys like Joseph and Sue and the rest of them uh, really clamping down on a run and shut down uh, Jonathan Taylor the second half. Uh, I don't even, He didn't even end up with 100 yards for the game, and I think he had like almost 45 yards in the first couple possessions. So um, great job by the run defense that uh, uh, definitely um, – you know, helped out and gave him a chance, the offensive, to uh, get, get it together and, 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 you know, make the comeback that they did. Um, I don't really have – now let me continue with the game here. So uh, the Colts did end up getting a uh, – it was a missed field goal that the Colts had in the second half, and they also converted a, another field goal. And that was off of a, I believe that was off of the A.J. Brown fumble uh, is when they got that other uh, field goal. I believe it was. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but uh, so A.J. Brown fumbles the ball uh, and the Colts get it. And I believe that's when they ended up kicking uh, another field goal. But it was a great defensive stand, however, uh, because this was about with five minutes or so left in the game. Um. It was first down and 10 from the uh, first down and goal uh, from inside the 10 or right around the 10. And the, the Eagles stopped them and ended up holding them to uh, have to kick the field goal. And uh, on that, uh, Reddick had a big sack on, on that uh, series of downs. So just a huge job by the run defense because they were trying to punch Taylor in. And, uh, and the Eagles clamped down and then Reddick ended up with a sack. Uh, which this could be a little bit of poetic justice because on the sack, he actually did at the last second grab onto um, uh, Ryan's face mask. And uh, the ref did not throw <laughs> not throw the flag. And you know how he went off last week. Now, it wasn't nearly as blatant a face mask as the non-call against the Eagles last week against Washington. But 
nevertheless, um, Reddick did have a uh, couple fingers on the face mask as he was bringing um, bringing Matt Ryan down. So uh, I guess that's poetic justice. Sometimes they go your way, sometimes they don't. They could have easily thrown the flag there because uh, he did have his hand on the mask. They did not because they would have been set him up again for a first down and 10 inside the, uh, inside the 10. First and goal inside the 10. Uh, I would have given him another series of, of plays to, to try to punch it in. And, you know, if the if the uh, Colts scored there, the game would have been over with. So it was a good non-call. If I'm going to call it and, and yell and scream, uh, when the Eagles don't get a, a face mask call, um, which, again, this one was nowhere near uh, as blatant, but nevertheless still had his hands on his face mask, and the uh, they did, you know, the Colts did not get the call. So, um it was a key miss in the game last week, and it was a key miss in this game, and in this game it benefited the Eagles. Um, so they uh, hold the Colts to a field goal, so it's then 16-10. to 10. The Eagles get the ball with about, I don't know, I would say uh, I think it was about four minutes or so left in the game, and it was on Jalen Hurts, you know, and uh, I saw a stat where, I think it's been 40 or so plus games that the Eagles have trailed going into the fourth quarter by 14 points or more, and they have not, they've never won. So odds are against the Eagles come back in this game. Um, and, and then here we go. So the Eagles and uh, Colts go into the game late. It's 16 to 10. After the field goal, Hertz uh, takes the team from the uh, after the kickoff. About four minutes to go, and the key play is obviously the uh, well. There's a couple. Of the, I think probably the biggest key play was the gutsy call on fourth and two. So, um, and I was actually surprised because <laughs> they lined up to do one of their you know proverbial fourth and two sneaks. And uh, this was at like around a two minute warning, I think. And uh, just like, I mean, the Eagles need a touchdown, right? So, you, you know, the field goal is not going to do you any good. So, the Eagles have to make this play. They got to make this conversion. Um, they line up with a typical formation where when it's going to be a hurt sneak and end up just trying to draw them off sides. And then uh, they call the timeout. And, uh, and then they talked about it again and decided to you know, go for it still, which is not all that surprising. But then they uh, they come up with a different formation and they have Hertz kind of just, you know, back in his normal uh, you know, QB position where he's taking a taking the uh, direct snap and but it is a draw. It's basically hike and you know Hertz is gonna run for it. Gutsy, gutsy call because there really was no hole up the middle, which is where he was trying to go. And he ended up finding a little bit of a crack on the left side, and he sneaks through and gets and converts the fourth and two. So uh, it was a, you know, a great executed um, play by the offensive line again, and Hurts just finding the crack because it was just him. There was no people behind him like in the typical fourth and two, and plus he wasn't up on the line taking the hike directly from Kelsey. It was a, it was a snap back to Hurts, and they allowed him to just kind of make the read. It was a smart play, I guess. But his initial read uh, was to go up the middle. That's where the hole was he was hoping to be. It wasn't. 
and he kind of took a step over to the left and saw where there was a little bit of a little bit of a hole and uh and was able to get it and convert it so that was a huge huge play because the game was over if you didn't convert there and and then of course the uh uh the play where hurts it was stopped they, they kept giving it to hurts and keeping the ball in his hands uh and he was uh you know the colts defense were clamping down on him and then they kind of moved him back um again to take a take a snap and more of a passing formation and uh it was weird because the play before it was almost the exact formation the play before and they totally stuffed hurts uh and then they pretty much played uh, the same type of formation might have been a little bit variance in it um but for some reason the like red sea parted because as soon as he hiked it you know, Hertz did kind of a delayed draw where he kind of looked like he was about to pass for about half a second and then took off off the middle untouched. And there was a, like a, you could drive a freight train uh, through the hole. So seven-yard touchdown run with about a minute to go, just a little over a minute to go. And the uh, the Eagles take the lead for the first time in the game, 17-16. to 16. And... Uh, you know, and, and when I'm talking about in the uh, beginning of the show, I was talking about Hertz being in the MVP talk. This is why. This is why. Did he have amazing numbers today? Or like, did he throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns? No. Nope. But did he play a consistent game? Did he get the job done when the game was on the line? Did he lead this team back from a, uh, a fourth quarter Um Deficit? Yes. Yes to all those. And he continues to play smart. Like, he, he is, doesn't force the ball. He, uh, you know, he'll take as much out of play as he can. He's very smart with the ball. And his accuracy has been very, very good. Now, one thing I forgot to mention, there was a, uh, on that final drive for the Eagles, um, they did get a 39-yard pass interference call on Miles Sanders. Now, I've been hearing a couple, it's usually our Cowboys and Giants fans, complaining about that call. And I'm like, what are you complaining about? That was a, <laughs> I mean, that was a blatant pass interference. So, I mean, was it at a bad time and ill-advised play by the Colts and cost, maybe probably end up costing them a game? That was a big chunk play for sure. Yeah, all those. But it was pass interference. I mean, the guy put his game, uh, Miles Sanders, an arm bar down the sideline. I mean. There's a blatant pass interference. I don't know if they're actually saying that that was a bad call by the ref. I mean, come on now. Um, that was definitely a pass interference on Miles Sanders. So um, that was a big play, no doubt. A big chunk play to get a, you know 39 yards on, on that play. So I didn't want to not mention that on that drive. That was definitely key. And uh, I don't really have any thumbs down. I was trying to think, like, you know, I do a, try to do some, you know, sometimes a thumbs up and thumbs down. A couple of thumbs up. I thought Devontae Smith uh, played very well. Uh, caught basically everything that was thrown his way. Um, I think they should throw to Devontae Smith more. I really do. Um, he just he just always knows how to get open. And they threw him a lot of his catches today were like comeback catches down the field where Hertz would just throw in the ball and, and he would come back and, and, and snag it. Um, I just think Smith needs to get the ball more. Um, and maybe he will with, you know, the Goddard factor. And I thought Epps 
Uh, I didn't mention this that the, the Eagles did get a turnover on um, Jay, on Taylor, which is interesting because I thought that it was just strange how the refs did not blow the play dead because he was kind of bottled up. Um, but they they didn't blow the whistles and the play carried on and he was getting more yards. I mean, he was going three or four more yards, so I could see, I guess, why they didn't call it. But to me, it stopped, it looked like there was a there was a moment there where this forward motion had stopped, but they didn't blow the whistle, so the so it kept going on. And Taylor ended up getting more yards, another three, four yards maybe. Um, and they still did not blow the whistle. And then uh, Epps went into there, and and because uh, there's a bunch, there's just a, basically a pile, couldn't even see where Taylor was, and the ball came loose. And come to find out, uh, Epps during that, uh, you know, because there was no whistle blown, went in there and stripped the ball out of uh, Taylor's hands, and the Eagles got it and recovered. So great play by Epps. Um, really uh, a smart play. Eagles got the ball, and uh, so I gave Epps an up arrow on that. I also thought that T.J. Edwards uh, played a really good game uh, today as well. So you know, those three guys for me get the up arrows as well as Hurts. I mean, Hurts. I mean, Hertz, um, Hertz goes kind of like uh, as a given because of, you know, coming back the way that he did and playing, you know, smart, smart football and just, you know, showing the poise and leadership that you want to see out of your quarterback. And that's what we get out of Hertz uh, today in this game. And, and that's what I've always said I loved about Hertz is he just, the guy just doesn't get rattled. And uh, there's even less of that now. Even, I mean, obviously, I did see some happy feet at, at times last year, especially towards the end of the season. Um, have yet to see it at all this season. And I just think that's just him getting more experience and being in an offense that he's now familiar with for the second time, uh, uh, second year in a row, for the first time I think in his career, and even college career, where he wasn't going from offense to offense and coaching staff to coaching staff. So I just think he's much more comfortable and, uh, and he's just much more poised even than he already was. And he's just, uh, he doesn't make mistakes. He really, he limits the mistakes. And um, that's key. I mean, if he threw an interception at any point in this game, uh, you know, who knows if the Eagles would have uh, come back and won. He did have the fumble, but that wasn't really his fault. I mean, he got stripped from behind as he was about to go downfield. Um, you know, it was just a good play by, um, by the, uh, you know, defensive end. So that's uh, that's basically all I've got to cover in this one. I thought it was uh, I thought we definitely felt the non Goddard uh, effect not having him in here. Um, the Eagles definitely struggled to move the ball a little bit. I don't think they played bad offensively. You know, I'm not gonna like say that they had a horrible game plan or anything like that. I just I just think that, yeah, they could have ran the ball a little bit more, but it wasn't this like, – it's, it's, there's definitely a lot of um, criticism going on with the Eagles offense today. I didn't really see – like I don't think I would have been frustrated as much as I think some Eagle fans were um, after watching the game. Now, sometimes that could be because I know the Eagles won when I was watching the replay. Maybe I would have been more frustrated had I not known the outcome of the game. That very well could be a possibility, and I won't discount it. Um, but I didn't really see that, you know, this, this Eagles, I don't think they played sloppy or anything like that. I just, um, I just think it really, a big part of it was that not having Goddard out there and, and trying to figure out how to, um, operate an offense without him in there. I think there was a lot of that. 
I think the Colts played pretty well defensively. They're a good pass defense team. I think they rank like number one. They're in the top five, I think, in the entire league. So they're very good against the pass anyway, which is why I thought they should have ran the ball a little bit more with uh, with Sanders. Um, so I don't really have a thumbs down for the game. I'm, I'm trying to think of anybody that was really that I thought played poorly. I really don't have really don't have one that that stands out to me. Uh, maybe the backup tight ends, you know. But again, you know, you got to give them kind of a break. They're shaking off some rust, um, you know, with their penalties that they that they that they had early on. Uh, so really not much more to talk about, um, or dissect in this one. I thought that, uh, you know, this is why Hertz is in the MVP conversation, uh, a game and a win to come back like, like he did today. Um, just showing a lot of poison leadership and the Eagles got the job done on the road. It's always, it's always hard to win on the road in the NFL. It doesn't matter who you're playing. And, um, you know, they uh, they got the job done, and they needed a win because Dallas has uh, had an impressive win today. Um, I said all along that Dallas is the toughest team. That's going to be the toughest team for the Eagles and the biggest challenge in this division. Um, I still think that. I still think they're the um, they're the biggest and best team. Um, they might be the second best team in the NFC besides the Eagles. Um, I think the 49ers are another team that I would keep my eye out on. Still not all that concerned. I know we lost to the Washington team, but I think, you know, the Eagles turned the ball over, you know, three times. If you want to call it the fourth one, you can count that too. But uh, I just think the Eagles, you know, I'm not worried about Washington. Really not. I mean, they're playing a lot better for sure. But bottom line is if the Eagles didn't turn the ball over three times in that game, they would have won. And it's that, it's that, it's that simple really. Um, but I uh, give the commanders credit. They had another uh, win today against Houston. So, uh, and then as I predicted, I said on this podcast last week that the Giants would lose to Detroit. I put it right out there on the airwaves, and they did. Uh, Detroit uh, beat up on them pretty bad, and uh, the Giants uh, take an L. So now the Eagles um, have a two-game lead over everybody in the division uh, with their with a win today. And they also get some help because even though we don't root for the Cowboys ever, they did help us out with their win uh, because now the Eagles are back uh, solidly in the number one seed slot for the NFC. They were tied technically with Minnesota, but beating them head-to-head, they were still the number one seed. Now they have a game to play with because the Minnesota got absolutely demolished by the Cowboys at home tonight. Um, so, uh, you know, Dallas with a with a big game and, you know, so uh, they will, uh, they would, them and the Giants actually play on Thursday on Thanksgiving. So uh, I think Dallas will cream the Giants too. I just, I just, like I said all along, I, this whole year, I'm like, the Giants have just been playing over their heads. They've had a lot of, you know, victories like the Eagles had today where they just etch it out. You know, it's like, they just, they're definitely a better team. I'm not trying to say the Giants are, you know, a rollover, um, pushover, not a rollover, <laughs> rollover. Uh, a pushover team. They're not anymore. They're not a doormat team anymore. They're definitely a better team, but their record is not um, indicative of how good they are. And uh, today was a perfect example. I knew Detroit was going to beat them. I said it in my podcast. Uh, so I even, you know, there's evidence. I just, uh, I just don't believe in the, the Giants in terms of being a, um, 
a legitimate, you know, playoff team. They may still get in because they roll off so many, you know, I don't want to call them lucky wins, but I'll just say fortunate wins. Um, and uh, they may still end up in the playoffs because they had so many wins in a row. But uh, I could definitely see the Eagles, I mean, I'm sorry, the Giants losing like five of the next six games. Absolutely can. Um, they have a lot of divisional games coming up, and I don't think they could be, I mean, let's just say they split with Washington. They could probably easily lose both of those games versus Washington, the way Washington's been playing lately. You know, who's going to get Chase back, by the by the way. I'm not sure if he played today, but, you know, Chase is, uh, you know, on his way back. He's going to be back at some point. Um, obviously, you know, Heineke is is uh, a guy that is a gamer. He's going to keep Washington in the game. Uh, Wentz, by the way, they did announce that he's going to be on the bench as a backup the rest of the year, which is just laughable. I just, uh, I just, you know, I mean, I wish I didn't have such uh, spite for Wentz. I really don't because I don't think he's a bad guy. But again, because of what he did with with here in Philly that last year, playing as poorly as he did, horribly, just terrible, and then not wanting to fight for his job and asking his way out of Philly, I just lost so much respect for Carson Wentz. And so now I just find it comical when he's just been a backup quarterback ever since he's left here, and the guy thinks he's you know thinks he should be starting. That's the funny part. So, um, but the NFC East is kind of uh, rounding in the form here as we head into. Uh, late November and early December, and December is always the key month. I mean, those four games in December will decide the division and the seeding more than likely in the uh, in the playoffs. So these, you know, the Eagles have got some divisional games coming up. They got a, a Thursday night, not Thursday night, uh, rather Sunday night game against the Packers. That's our next uh, game on the agenda. And Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. So. Even though it's at home, we just lost at home to Washington. I mean, again, turned the ball over a bunch of times. But uh, Aaron Rodgers still Aaron Rodgers. So they have to uh, – they got to be ready for it, you know. And I would hope that because they just, you know, had that pitiful performance on Monday night that they come out on Sunday night and not allow that to happen again. So – and the Green Bay's – even though they have Aaron Rodgers, is not the same team, clearly. They're just not that good. But – with Aaron Rodgers, you're still capable of beating anybody. So just ask the Cowboys. So um, we'll be uh, talking about that game, obviously, later this week. But the Eagles do go to 9-1 and one and um, get a get a tough win, scrap out one on the road. And that is, uh, at the end of the day, all that matters. And now we focus on Green Bay and uh, and take it from there. And we'll have an idea as far as what happens with the Giants and Washington game um, before the Eagles take the field on Sunday night because, again, they play on Thanksgiving Day. So, uh, you know, we'll have a little bit better idea how the NFC East is shaping up as those two have to square off against each other. All right, folks, that'll do it for the podcast. Once again, the Eagles win 17-16, to come from behind fashion. Against the Indianapolis Colts, we got a nine and one, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is up next. Thank you all for tuning in as always. Thank you. Please share, subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. <laughs>